a genre-defining show that I think gives the nostalgic feeling to just about any seasoned weeb. Uh, Neon Genesis Evangelion has been around. It's going to be around. It's a show that, while you may not understand it, I think you're going to respect it. I don't know if it's necessarily for everyone, but with our recent watch of the rebuild, we thought today we'd go ahead and talk through what the experience is like finally ending something that's been with me for so long from not only my perspective, along with my wife's perspective as someone who's relatively new to the anime game. So we're going to be talking about that today, but also a look back on the show itself, kind of what the director's gone through and, uh, just kind of trying to get a grasp on this as much as we humanly can. Let's go ahead and get right into it. Welcome back to the I Married a Wee podcast. It's your favorite anime podcast with some 30-somethings who have just recently been through an emotional roller coaster. We're confused, we're happy, we're sad. I don't know. But hey, are you new here? My name's Tom. Didn't watch an anime for a little bit, and I met this chick in college, and I was like, well, she's cute, and she's willing to watch these. Let's go ahead and get married. And so we did, and now here we are uh, just doing a podcast about it. Hey, what's your name over there? I'm Danielle. Danielle, that's right. That's that chick I was talking about. Still real cute. You're looking good today. Oh, thanks. Hey, no problem. Uh, if you're new here and you end up liking what you're hearing today, feel free to give us a rating on whatever it is that you're listening to us on, as well as checking us out on Instagram. Generally going to have about two posts a week to reflect the two podcast episodes a week. That's Mondays and Thursdays. So stay tuned with that and hit us up on there uh, if you feel that necessary. You can also find a link tree on that Instagram, which will get you into our Discord, where we got a good group of folks in there. We're going to, we generally talk about, you know, the anime we're currently watching that, or that we love from the past, the manga. We show off our figures, our merchandise. We just generally do internet stuff, friends uh, with the internet, internet friends. So that's what it is. And that's how, why we do it. If you don't have Instagram and you want part of that as well, which you should, it's fun. Come on in there. And also, if you have any gripes with the, what we do, come on in there. Say it to our face. Yeah. And it's, don't like come in too hot though. You'll no, be, you can leave us a voice memo. Oh, a voice memo. <laughs> can just, you do voice memos in Discord? Uh, sure. Probably. There's got to be a way. You can, <laughs> you can drop an audio file. Sure. Um, but if you don't have Instagram and you want in on that, it's actually in the description of this here episode as well. Uh, we appreciate you letting this be your first episode. Obviously not going to get too into the themes of this show because that is something that I am not well-versed enough. I know all of YouTube the amount of video essays written on this throughout the years, there is some good stuff out there to be had, and I trust that you'll find a good one. My recommendation would be Mother's Basement, pretty large YouTube uh, following, but great anime uh, essays, so highly recommend uh, the homie there. So go check him out if you uh, if you haven't. We don't know him. We're not. He's not telling us to do this. Just uh, real knows real. You know what I mean? But hey, uh, if you could step aside, new person, listen. I, I'm happy to meet you, but you got to move over. You also, and so I thought that was you. Hey, welcome back. If you're not new here, heaven help us. Look at you still sticking around. We can't thank you enough for the support. Uh, and we thank you for joining for yet another episode. Hopefully it's a decent one for you. You know what time it is. The folks, the folks who've been listening know what time it is. It's anime news time. Danielle, do you have any anime news? Unfortunately, today I don't. <laughs> I, you know, I blasted 
my full load last week with that, uh, you know, the, one Digimon, the Digimon movie. <laughs> All I needed was to blow your, your mind. That was it. I know. I couldn't even believe it. I still can't believe that you didn't see that article. Well, look at that. Hey, it's not about quantity. It's about quality. And you came in with the quality. Well, the only thing I saw this week was like crossovers. I guess there's going to be a Jujutsu guy. Jujutsu Kaisen gaming chair. I'm like, eh. If people, I was gonna bring for five hundred dollars, probably. Yeah, it's from Secret Lab. They are some swanky chairs. Oh no, you wish five (laughs) hundred. Wait, wait, wait. Fifteen. Okay, come on now. That's that's absurd. I did reel it back. It's not five hundred, but twelve. Are you kidding me? It's that meme where you're like, no, guess the number. And then you just go crazy. Well, now it's not going to seem that expensive. Now that we're up in the mm. four digits. Uh, no, $624. It's too much for a chair. It's too much for a chair. For I, I spent that much on six dining room chairs. I'll that just, was hard. I'll go buy a cricket and I'll just like make a big <laughs> sticker and stick it on the back of the shitty chair I've got. Right. Anyway, so there's one of my articles. There you go. Oh, sorry. So you, had, you had some anime okay. news. I, I didn't think it was, mm. you know. Well, I got one for you. Okay. The official website for Goblin Slayer 2, the oh. second season of the anime. Yeah. Uh, well, we got a promo video revealing in October debut for that new season. Oh. Yeah, we haven't watched the first one, so this news isn't really for us. It's for you guys. I mean, we've started it. We started one episode. It was pretty good. It was pretty good, yeah. With an uh, uncomfortable beginning. Absolutely. With that <laughs> little bit of shock factor. Um, not sure if we've brought this up before. A Super Mario Bros. movie. Uh, so it looks like it's going to be streaming on Peacock. Yeah, it's going to be. It's getting... really degraded itself wow. here. Yeah, it really made all the money it needed. They're like, fuck it. Put it on Peacock for free. Just do it. Whatever. Is it really for free? I don't know. I Maybe it's Peacock obviously free, with ads. You know? It probably has ads. Probably. Oh, that'd be. I... Oof. Watching movie with ads. I, once we got past the 90s, we don't do that anymore. I think I've said it on the podcast, but. I'd go over to my parents' house. <laughs> yeah. And they'd like be watching a movie Forrest that we Gump. own. Oh my God. Yeah. We would go over there and sometimes Forrest Gump would be, I swear we'd be there for six hours and I'd look over and Forrest Gump's still on. I'm like, there's no way. Well, <laughs> I, well, they would put on a movie and it, an ad would come up. I'm like, why aren't we, wa- you have the DVD right there. What are we doing? <laughs> I, you know, I, I don't want to sit here for four hours in the movies too. <laughs> Yeah, no kidding, Come right? It's, it's always the most pivotal moments. <laughs> like, you know, Lieutenant Dan's legs are blowing <laughs> off and it's like, are you a sad man today? Take this medication. It's like, holy, what just happened? What's going on here? Uh, High Dive, that one streaming platform, it looks like they're also getting into kind of the, uh, what would that be called? Distribution, distributing oh. kind of deals. So High Dive announced on Thursday that it's going to be screening the tunnel to summer the exit of goodbyes. Okay. With that, whatever the hell that means. I love anime and their new cryptic titles. Absolutely. Everyone's trying to be Evangelion. Am I right? (laughs) Uh, But I guess that is going to be coming to theaters this fall. Thanks to high dive. Mm. Urashima tunnel. Once you enter the tunnel, you can get whatever you want, but at a a price. Oh, it's this one. Okay, cool. Yeah. Tono, who seems to have elusive, have an elusive personality and traumatic past. Don't we all? And Anzu Hanashiro, who is struggling to reconcile her ideal image and true heart-to-heart attitude, team up to investigate the tunnel and get what they want. This is an unforgettable summer story of nostalgia and sprinting into a remote countryside. I have a feeling that's going to be a pretty good one. 
I'd be willing to Hopefully give it a go. Hopefully it's not cheesy as shit, but like I'm, that's got a nice, simple enough plot that it's like, I hope it's just, it's just nice and chill. Mm-hmm. Uh, Cy Games, the creator of my favorite video game that I've never played, Grand Blue Fantasy. Well, versus the, uh, versus Rising, the, uh, eventual fighting game that's going to be coming out. The sequel to the one that I've played twice. Uh, new playable character, Grimnir is going to be uh, playable in that game. So if you're into those and know what that means, that's cool. Uh, Manga Planet, which I guess is just kind of a cataloging, you know, uh, it's a service plan to read manga, not anime. You don't read that unless you're watching subbed, obviously. Um, Pull it together, Tom. Uh, They're (laughs) going to be adding Blue Lock, Boys Run the Riot, Card Captor Sakura, and more Kadansha mangas uh, Hmm. to the list. Yeah, yeah. So, so that's that's more news. You know what I mean. And let's go ahead and finish it strong with two little things about some very popular anime franchises here. Uh, if I'm using the word franchise correctly, My Hero Academia revealed on Sunday that uh, it's getting a fourth film. Wow. So stoked on it because we just can't seem to get enough. Let's just keep eating it till it's gone. You know what I mean? <laughs> till it's absolutely worthless. <laughs> Uh, and the other one having to do with One Piece, if you just me even saying that should kind of get you guys in the know of what just recently happened. Um, I believe it was yesterday. Yeah, I believe it was yesterday. Anyways, this weekend was Luffy revealing his gear fifth form, which after 20 years in the making and over 1,070 <laughs> episodes uh, has led our main character to his final transformation. So... What a long road traveled, and I hope that it was every bit uh, as watchable as it, it as it hopefully should be. What's what's going on over there? Remember, we were going to look up that um, one piece, the one one piece. <gasps> one That's pace. what it was. That's what we were going to look that up. So we we as we're doing our nightly scroll, like we could watch anime, or how about for ten minutes, let's just scroll through Instagram, and then that ends up being a half hour, and we're like, well, why didn't we just watch an episode of something? Anywho, uh, one piece. Being so long and very hard to get into, we found through the grapevine something called One Pace, and it is a fan project that recuts the One Piece anime um, into bite-sized little chunks that help you get through it a little bit easier. So the team accomplishes this by removing the filler scenes not present in the source material, um, which I couldn't even imagine the editing behind this, so those fans are truly fans. And this uh, actually allows you to watch it 45% faster compared to the original One Piece anime. That's more than 137 hours saved. I know what you're thinking. I'm tingling too. That's what I needed to hear because I want to get through One Piece, but I don't want to sit through One Piece. Now, do they have a dedicated website that it's, you watch it or? Yeah, so you and, it looks, pay? and it looks to go down to, so it's onepace.net. I, and again, sorry, we don't know the validity of this site. This is like just we on the fly looking just it saw up. It. Um, and and hopefully this is uh, legit here. But no, it's, so they seem to have bra- broke it down into kind of like, ooh, they start getting a little bit longer, but like by arcs. So the Romance Dawn or the Orange Town, you can see that Romance Dawn, an hour 23, Orange Town, an hour 26. And then, yeah, just kind of goes through those. That's less time than your normal blockbuster nowadays. Yes. But even one of these, uh, one of these was actually got, got down to 15 minutes. Oh, the Trials wow. of Kobe Meppo hmm. arc. Apparently we don't like Kobe Meppo. 
but one of these was actually like four hours, 18 minutes. So the Arlong Park, you pay attention to that one. I'm going to go ahead and zoom mm. that one. The one that I had seen, oh man, I don't know what it was, like a Judge Island or something. I don't know if that's actually the name of the arc, but that was pretty badass. That's why I want to watch it. Oh, I've what you had seen a, before. Yeah, I've experienced a little bit of it. Now I'm like, oof, I would enjoy that. So anyways, so, uh, uh, this is going to be coming a one piece podcast. So we are now a bleach one piece. I uh, <laughs> have no time to watch anime kind of podcast. Hope you enjoy it. Hope you enjoy it. So that's it for the news. A nice little round there. I just have one uh, tidbit of info before we get into e- not info, but like a realization that made me a little depressed. Oh, go ahead. So because uh, I saw the Jujutsu Kaisen gaming chair, right? You love that gaming chair. I love it. You can pinpoint that price from a mile away. <laughs> <laughs> um, and I was like, man, I wonder when the show is going to be over. It's going to be 23 episodes for season two. Yep. Right. And uh, started July 6th. Yep. It won't this season, if my math is correct, and if they don't do any skip days for any holidays that Which might I'm come sure up, they will, but uh so if we were just to count out from July sixth, that would be December seventh. Doesn't that make you feel depressed? <laughs> I almost just I almost did like a little baby burp. I almost puked in my mouth. <laughs> wow, we're all we're that far in the year that that's I mean, I get it, but that's crazy. oh, I don't know. I'm so used to all these like twelve episode shows. That like getting a 23, 24 banger is, that's long. Yeah, that's the thing is you complain about, and I'm talking for myself, you know, you complain about 12 episodes. Like, it's not, I want something that's got a little bit more, you know, a little bit more in the bite to it. And then you get a 24 and you're like, I can't fucking watch that. You mean 24 episodes? I'm not waiting until this. <laughs> well, could you, that's why I think my show retention is so, so bad when we watch something week by week and it's that long. Mm-hmm. July to December, that's a lot. And then you're watching each episode one by one. That's, Crazy. Yeah, no, I think we're going to go binge mode on it. But at the same time, I really want to watch some of it. Anyways, we say that every dang time, but. Drink. No, that's a crazy thing. Yeah, drink. Go ahead and take a drink. <laughs> of a non-alcoholic beverage, young fellow. <laughs> uh, but we're going to go ahead and before the 15 minute mark here, we're going to go ahead and get into the show of choice. Now, if you're joining us. Oh, we've already kind of dabbled in it. Listen, we're not going to be able to knit. We're not going to be able to nitpick certain things. We're not going to get everything as right as you know from your hours upon hours of checking this out. Or if you've never heard of this show, we're going to do our best to at least give you a synopsis that's like <laughs> somewhat coherent, right? <laughs> um, it is a show that just completely took mech anime and flipped it on its head. It's something that like, as we've said with several shows of this era that even if you're not liking something like neon Genesis Evangelion, there's such an immense respect around it that it's really hard to at least not you. I, I've never met someone who would fully hate it. Cause I think even the, the art is respectable. Cause you can appreciate it as a- it can be fully appreciated. Absolutely. I think it's a part of anime history, uh, in several types of ways. And, uh, Hideaki Anno, just an absolute, animal because for one what i'll kind of say at the top of this whole thing is that it's very hard to voice your emotions especially you know uh as a man i've it's very hard for me to articulate kind of my feelings it ends up just coming out as (laughs) caveman type shit (laughs) and so it's like when it comes to something like this 
watching this is akin to you basically found his journal and it feels weird because you're like, Ooh, should I be like experiencing this? <laughs> but it connects to you in such a deep way because it's something that you'll feel, but not necessarily tell other people. This show is what I think it's been coined before, but like you don't get Evangelion. Evangelion gets you. Okay. Even if you don't think so, you're going to watch it and there's going to be a weird connection at some point. Hopefully. If you don't, then my God, you've had a brilliant upbringing. Everything's great for you. Um, you haven't felt any hurt in your life, but this is, it's, it's a compelling way of kind of in a cool robot way, end of the world, apocalyptic drama. It's just a full fledged deep dive into one man's emotions. And, uh, dabbling on that so let's do an actual like synopsis here we've got we've got a uh this actually was in 2015 the year 2015 uh glad it didn't end up like in the show but it's a very desolate thing something called the second impact has happened and it has basically demolished the earth after this second impact there's now fortified cities we get to join in on tokyo 3 and our protagonist shinji akari is a teenage boy who's kind of been summoned from his father. They don't have a good relationship, but Gendo, this guy who's running uh, this program to help ward off, or at least what you think is ward off these angels, which are these, um, they're not like Max, but just the, there's these beings that are constantly coming to attack humanity and slowly learning and kind of getting more and more uh, adapted and becoming these like bio machine animals coming to get you. So, that being said, it's the struggles of Shinji as trying to be accepted from his father. They don't have a good relationship ever since his mother passed away ages ago. Uh, trying to also build relationships with the other pilots, whereas the whole scenario, as you may have heard through the grapevine, if you haven't heard from the show, is, oh, the world's ending and these things are coming to kill us. Put these little kids in the robots and let them handle it for us. They've got the emotional capacity for it. Am I right? Um, turns out they don't. And this is our journey to see how uh, the defending of Earth against these angels goes with our protagonist also just trying to uh, navigate. I would say it's coming of age, but I don't know anyone who uh, comes of age like this guy in a robot. But again, a lot of parallels to emotions that you might feel, even if you it's not directly understood by you while you're watching it, you might feel it. Is that adequate? you got anything to add to that? Um, I mean, yeah, this... We'll talk about it. This was like watching a fever dream. It truly is. So a little bit of background on what we recently finished. Obviously, we'll dabble in a little bit. So the show itself ran from what year that starts. That was 1995 or 1996. I don't know which year it came here. Um, eventually, I think that might have been Japan. Anyways, came here. Changed the game. Everyone loved it. And then since that show coming out, which was 26 episodes, it had one ending. Kind of on the happier side of things-ish. I'm not going to spoil it in that way, but like a relatively okay, happy side of things ending. But the, uh, the anime fandom, and this is where, you know, we do, we like to, we're not too deep into the otaku culture. So it's easy to kind of, from an outside perspective, look in and go, y'all are kind of psycho sometimes, right? And I mean, y'all, not you guys, but uh, there was so much hate that Gynex, who, who created the show, 
Anno himself was getting so much backlash from the ending of this show that there's death threats, uh, death threats being spray painted on the buildings and like uh, being sent over and all this stuff. It's just harassment uh, to the utmost degree. And, you know, probably not easy for someone who's just trying to create a fun, enjoyable show. And that's the hard thing with not even anime itself, but I think most entertainment in general and Hollywood and stuff is the ownership that people take over something that they had no part in making mm. is re- it's a really tough uh, symbiotic relationship. Obviously, we need the fans to help fund and continue making things. But at the same time, it's like fans, it's not yours. Is, is Even as upset as I was with Game of Thrones ending, it's like. I've moved on. Everyone's moved on. It's not that big of a deal. But then you look back at that show and how the poor kid who played Joffrey had these adults like physically actually angry at him. And it's like, you guys are so disconnected from reality. I can't even believe that you're allowed to vote. You know what I mean? So it's just kind of weird in that way. Um, so this is another one of those experiences where poor Anno has to deal with this. So after that happens, there was actually enough uh, chutzpah behind it that he ended up uh, creating what was it called? Um, Evangelion uh, Death and Rebirth mm-hmm. was in, and then End of Evangelion. So Death and Rebirth was kind of just a recreation of the show, just really condensed, you know, go through it. Okay. End of Evangelion basically creating a secondary ending. Okay. How did they like it? Well, apparently, and you can definitely get a much more deep dive on that YouTube channel I told you about before you did a great video on all this, but uh I know kind of let his anger slip. Okay. And he, uh, <laughs> them Gynex, all of them, they kind of put a message in this and just, it even kind of boiled down to an almost angry response of, okay, listen, you guys didn't like that. Well, how's this, uh, ending? Not as fun. I'll tell you that much, a little bit more aggressiveness, uh, in the characters and things around it. And all of this fourth wall breaking, that's something that even Galen does so great. And even in this latest rebuild was really wild. um, but yeah, so there was two endings there. Then wouldn't you believe it? Uh, in the two thousands, a resurgence. He a just re- didn't have enough. <laughs> <He> t- <laughs> no, I just. <laughs> no, I don't even think. <laughs> that's just it. It's like maybe he had come to terms, and then you're like, you know what? No, now let's. I think I'm finally in a spot. Let's try and end this in the right way. We get rebuild of Evangelion, something known as being very straightforward titles until it certainly isn't. So we had 1.0, you are not alone. 2.0, you cannot advance. 3.0, you cannot redo. And then the last one, nope, not 4.0, sorry. It's 3.0 plus 1.0, Thrice Upon a Time, which is now on Amazon and actually will be on Blu-ray soon enough. I'm hopefully going to be able to get a collector set of all these because it is an experience to say the least, okay? I'm not going to try and say that um, I understood every moment of it. I'm not going to say that the ending was even something that I thought as quote unquote super enjoyable, but it was something that I am so happy to see come to an end, not only for myself and being with this, obviously, as I just said, I've got no ownership in this, but as a fan, it's so cool to just see its evolution and how it's kind of morphed and to have something with three endings is great. It's kind of like a, huh, what ending am I feeling today? And then you can absorb this in whatever way you want, right? Depending on your mood. Uh, and sorry, you were going to say something. Um, I feel like watching, because I, I only watched originally uh, when I was a new anime watcher, the original 26 episodes. I never watched those first two movies. And then we yes. watched these four rebuilds. 
and having not knowing what those other endings were, but only having the rebuild outlook on the show. It was while I didn't understand a lot of it and I'm not a diehard Evangelion fan that gets all like the, the tingles, you know, of reminiscing on childhood, potentially watching this when I was way too young (laughs) Uh, and watching it as an adult with different viewpoints and outlooks that um, I potentially couldn't even grasp myself. It was very cathartic of a watch to have it end. And you might not completely understand all the themes of the show or what they were talking about most of the time, but still like having it close it, it still felt right. If I can like put it very plainly like that. It boils down to, it's just, and I, yes, it sounds like I'm being just pretentious to use this word, but no, it is, this is one of the most visceral shows I have ever experienced because at most times I couldn't explain everything. I couldn't explain near the end, the new technology that's coming in or any of that stuff. But what I can tell you is like, Oh, Shinji at this point was like, kind of like this and this and this and this. And that's just where it's nice to see something that's so thick in its world building that you can theoretically dig down. There is video games, there's pachinko machines, there's all this stuff that you can scrape up a little bit extra lore all over the place. Uh, Or it's something that you can just take at face value, take it as something that um, for me is honestly just a part of my anime watching thing. This is one that really kicked it off. There was Toonami and things like that that got it into it. But there's a phase from Toonami into like, because I think a lot of people my age, or our age rather, you're so much older though, a whole, <laughs> whole couple of months. Um, but the the thing is, is there is a fall off. There was, oh yeah, I remember watching Toonami. I don't watch that shit anymore. Evangelion was like the fish hook. It was like, you come on back. You're going to be watching this for a long time. It's kind of why I'm still watching anime. I think this was one that I was like, my God, if they keep pumping out stuff like that, spoiler alert, they don't anymore. But (laughs) if they do, no, there's still great shows. I'm not saying this is the greatest of all time, but there's just a deepness to this one that I can't really put my finger on. Then there's a grit. And I should say like an emotional and with the visuals too. Oh, yeah. When we were watching that um, video essay from mm-hmm. Mother's Basement and he showed the clips from the original show mm-hmm. and I'm, I'm assuming movies, which I haven't seen, but the grit of that awesome like 90s, 2000s look, it just, it hits. And we and know some good. people aren't looking for that, but then there's, you know. But the rebuilds, um, I know the first and the second one were still done fairly early. 2007 and 2009 respectively Mm -hmm. but they just have this very beautiful clean seamless look that we're all used to now yeah the cg is great they're they're just spectacles absolutely and it's yeah sit back you can sit back just enjoy it or you know maybe just sit back and hate it but you can sit back and just be uh entertained at the very least which normally is a complaint of mine but it's not in this there's also something to its ability to um, kind of break the fourth wall. And it does it at several times in the show, but really at most, at a lot of the endings, it kind of crumbles. The actually, it, the anime itself crumbles and it breaks the fourth wall and it starts showing realness. Like in this one, it, in the rebuilds, it ends with live footage at a certain point. It just, 
a really, really cool portion in a non-spoiler, non-spoilery way is it just went from a full animated thing and suddenly it broke down from like that to the key animations to this to then now it was on paper. Now it was just the wave animating it. This like, and right with, bef- notes. with notes on it, it was the actual production stuff going on. And then right before it disappears into nothingness, it jumps back into the just cool little shit like that was so cool. And um, I'm going to go ahead and say it now, spoilers now, even though, geez, I, I <laughs> don't think we're going here? to. I don't think we're going to spoil anything because I don't think it would affect anything. You're not, (laughs) if we were to say, and then the Evangelion unit 3.18 came out of the ground, you're like, I don't know what the shit you're talking about, Tom. (laughs) And exactly, because it's not going to be eloquent. It's going to be more so just how we felt. Mm. So if you came here for anything more than that, I don't know what to tell you. And we just appreciate you being here anyways. The uh, the way that you watched the original show is actually part of the Neon Genesis Evangelion Platinum Collection. That's right, right? baby. It's it is a slick looking, um, like box, box set. set of episodes one through twenty six, and it was a really cool. I just ended up seeing it Best Buy before that was a depressing like graveyard of a store. I actually kind of gave a little bit of a lip. I didn't want to, but. I don't like that you can't call a building anymore for Best Buy. I just had a simple question. That's anywhere. They all go to overseas call centers. Yeah. And there's nothing wrong with that. I get it. You want to make sure everyone is, their call is answered. But I have a specific question of, hey, can I drop off a computer so I'm not throwing it in the garbage? Because you're not supposed to. It has components in it that you're not supposed to throw in the garbage. Trying to do my due diligence here. I try and call Best Buy and the ladies, she's like, yeah, no, no, no. So like, I'm not there, but I don't think we do it anymore. I go, I used to keep saying think. Can I? So he said, I was like, can I talk to someone in the building? She goes, no, we don't really do that anymore. I'm like, what is the point of all this? What are we, what are we doing here then? Well, that's not the spiciest thing <laughs> that happened on that phone call. Oh, I think she yeah, said no, like, cause she said, well, you know, sir, you know, uh, when they're busy at the building, I'm like, they're never busy. They're never busy. I'm in there. They're not busy. Trust me. <laughs> they keep closing. So I they're not busy. I walk in and I think it's a closed one, but they're open. <laughs> And all the checkouts, there's no checkout lanes anymore. You got to go to customer service. It is well, the most I guess depressing. they are busy since they only have like uh, three people on staff. <laughs> one person walks in while the whole building's on lockdown, <laughs> yeah, apparently. Uh, but back in the day, I had found the collection for a great price, bought it at retail or whatever. And man, you can find some weirdos. Internet pricing so funny, though. You can find like one of the discs for $15 used. One? Just one of the oh, discs. Ooh. Some guy's selling the whole collection for $460 on Amazon. Oh Someone's on Mercari with theirs. I think they're on a little bit of crack or they're trying to buy <laughs> more crack because they want to sell it for 900 No thanks. But it's a, it's a set that goes for legitimately over $100 now. So it's like, it's a sought after kind of thing. It was a great uh, little addition to the, the anime collection here. And what it just came with was essentially episodes 1 through 26 and then another disc that was the director's cuts. Of episodes 21 through 24, which is disc six. There's not really any special features. Um, but it's just got, you know, clean. It also has clean versions of the opening and ending songs, which is cool. And uh, unfortunately, it didn't come with the movies. So that's why we've never seen it, because I don't own those. I'd like to at some point, probably will at some point. When? I don't know. <laughs> so. Uh, yes, 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 yes. So that's kind of the background of watching the show. I we watched it countless amounts of times at a very high level. It was a lot of times I was just playing Halo with it on the background and just soaking it as much as I could. I loved this show. I love Mac anime when it's 
not too deep. And at this, you don't, it isn't too deep if you don't want it to be too deep. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah. So instead of, I guess, going through it and all this stuff, what do you think as a whole and you as someone who's a little bit newer into it, where are you at with Evangelion? Do you love it? Do you hate it? Is it just okay? Um, I would say I would be more than it's just okay, okay. but I don't love it. Okay, um, sure. And I will explain in the ways that I kind of felt guilty because you were like, if you don't, if you don't like, uh, have an emotional connection. Yes. Like you've had a great upbringing. It's like, why? Well, I, I can't say I've had that, <laughs> but, <laughs> but, um, there were things that resonated with me, sure. I should say, but I couldn't, I couldn't specifically say that I could put my place in any of the situations. I think out of all the movies, I loved the last one the most. Okay. Only because of the certain motifs. I wouldn't motifs. Certain sections of the movie. The um, 3.0 plus 1.0 had the best intro. Um, like when you get past the initial fight and then it's showing Asuka, um, Shinji and Ray walking through the red districts of Tokyo into the like civilized area, I guess. Mm-hmm. That was the most beautiful song, beautiful visuals. Like oh. I would watch, there has to be a clip of just that on YouTube. I will, I foresee myself <laughs> watching that on yeah. repeat because it's so clean. I love all of the Ava's. In the background, the dead Ava's kind of sticking up out of the ground, like sentient watchmen, kind of like mm-hmm. their disembodied hands. Like the visuals in 3.0 plus 1.0 are really great. Um, and going back to them going to this town, I loved seeing, while annoying, <laughs> Ray Ayanami's growth on like actually having the experience. Of like learning, like she's always had that some that innocence through all of her different clone selves, I guess. And now this version actually was able to experience what she really wasn't ever able to. And I I loved seeing that. And then the emotional part of her uh, exploding, I guess, (laughs) (laughs) and being the catalyst for Shinji actually taking action again which is so funny because he's such a wet blanket throughout the show but then something that should have been the most harsh thing to him uh ended up being kind of the turning point for him and we see a shinji in this last rebuild that never thought i'd even ever see i thought he was just kind of always supposed to be that way but then when you think of it in a way of um kind of ano putting himself out there and fully you know admitting to everyone you know through his depressive states and and kind of things of that nature i think during one of the things we had heard um that he had, he would only be able to go into the studio like once or twice or three times a year because his depression got so bad of course i don't know the the context of any of that or what any of that means but just he's obviously putting so much of his emotion out there so that when you see that kind of shinji is essentially him in the being an otaku but being a shut-in but the the and and kind of what ends up being the whole thing with this is, you know, take that extra effort, get out there, be in the world. Like that's the huge thing. There's a, there's a big difference between like oh I love anime 
and being this shut-in who makes anime their life. There's a fine line between, obviously, and they blur in this last rebuild, but imaginary and real. And the big thing here is just like, all right, suit up, go outside, mm-hmm. <laughs> which is such a, it's a weird message for the otaku uh, folks, but it's, it's just cool that like he puts himself in everything. Asuka is the part of a personality, the original tsundere for a lot of people. She's like this just spitfire ginger from Germany. And she is just so hard on herself and she works as hard as she can just for acceptance of others. You know, she even hates Ray because she views her as someone who follows the rules and she's a doll and all this stuff. And she's got these such harsh things to say about other people. But being such a narcissist, you know, she's not actually looking in on herself and any of that. But then seeing her break down in the show and also in these rebuilds and stuff, very well done in this one and kind of showing fatherly figures show up. It was very weird imagery, obviously. But the conclusion of this last one, whether it's liked or not, it's a great ending for this show. Mm -hmm. Because, yeah, I mean, how do you quantify how something should end? With with Game of let's go back to the Game of Thrones thing because we're annoying with it, right? But like that, a lot of people can say, "Oh, it should have ended like this," because there's kind of a roadmap with Game of Thrones, which I can agree with. Of like a, you know, it would have made sense because they put so much time into this character. Shouldn't he have played a bigger role when it came to defeating X enemy? And I agree, it kind of was all this prep, all this prep for like a gotcha, and that's what was so annoying with it. Even Galleon. I wouldn't even know where to begin. What do you say? Oh, Shinji gets in the robot and then now everything's better. It's like, well, no, no. Cause the theme here is that, uh, you know, the, him in this robot is him putting himself out there, trying and attempting. And then at the least bit of success, he then recoils in. It's like, I don't want to do it again. I don't want to do it again. It's kind of the, uh, the gophering or the uh, meerkatting mm. of a shut-in mm-hmm. and whatever the scale of that um, effort is, obviously it's just put into, Oh, he goes and he fights in this robot, but that can be to anyone, anyone who has trouble getting out and doing all this stuff. It's like, listen, yeah, it's scary. Not everything's going to go right, but obviously end all be all. That's what you got to do. You got to keep trying your best and doing all this stuff. Um, Ray's big thing. I don't need, she just wants to know who the hell she is. Cause essentially you've got the clone complex. When we get into the rebuild, she's what sixth iteration or something of that sort. Something like that. Yeah. And that's just like, you know, I don't know. So she seems to finally get there. Then yes, gets a little bit of the great popped head off. Mm-hmm. Um, but ultimately being the catalyst and she is cloned via, and she's, she's such a weird character. Cause throughout the show, it comes to light that it's like, okay, that's, an attempt through Gendo and his awful mindset with the passing of his wife of like trying to keep her in reality of like, he needs to see her again. He needs to see her again. And that ultimately culminates in this, um, uh, human instrumentality project. Right. So you'll hear that throughout the show. You're never going to fully get what it is. A lot of these video essays. And as I've listened to those throughout the year, it's obviously, Oh, well that's, you know, sex or whatever, but Anyways, that's like when you're digging deep into this stuff, but ultimately what the goal is, is for humanity to kind of all become one being, all share the same mindset, and then that way he will be reunited 
with uh, Yui, his wife that had passed. Craziness, right? And in this, obviously, it's in the title. It's right at the forefront, imagery-wise. A lot of uh, Christian-based imagery and, and kind of symbolism in this. Uh, very powerful, very powerful imagery. And a lot of times, I'm like, Phew, I don't know. I don't know. This is making me feel a kind of way. You know what I mean? But uh, overall, just like it touches on it. A lot of crazy, a lot of craziness, a lot of craziness. I don't know how else to even say it. I can't even articulate it. Yeah. While I enjoyed the, the last movie 3.0 plus 1.0, a lot of it was, is, is this a fever dream? Like I felt like. I was I sweating at points for sure. I, I think I legitimately went into a state of fever dream. Yeah. And I would even say, um. 3.02 the movie before it mm-hmm. when you know you find out after what was it shinji uh that de- that detonated that detonated wham when he detonated detonated the what the third impact and you find out or like he started it yeah, yeah. initiated Init- there that's the there word i was looking for words um which the third movie is the lowest rated out of the four no rebuilds. Um, Which is odd because I think in the viewing experience with these rebuilds, and I'm sorry to have interjected, mm-hmm. but one and two are just recreations of the show. Yes. Uh, 1.0 being like first six episodes, 2.0 being some more condensing and, and reimagining of those uh, angel fights. But that's where we get our first little nugget of new with this character, uh, Mari. Mm-hmm. And... 3.0 is like our first soiree into a fully original story for that to be, uh, that could just be fans being fans. I don't know. Yeah. Um, and the highest rated one is the last one. Yeah. Uh, but anyway, that aside, what I was going to say, um, especially going back to 3.0 when, you know, the third impact has started, Shinji's been in a 14 year coma and we I love, but I also hate, because as I've expressed before, I hate not being told the information that I need and I need to make my own assumptions or they're just, or on the flip side, they just might not give it to you at all. I hate, I hate that because. Well, that's the show in a, I in know. a nutshell. Yep. Yeah. So, Sometimes. So, so the fact that I don't hate Evangelion is a, a big thing, maybe yeah. because it resonates so much with me since I, the original Neon Genesis show is a capsule for me being yeah. the first of 10 that I probably watched mm-hmm. as a weeb, but I love the juxtas- juxtaposition of Shinji's woken up 14 years in the future. He doesn't know what's going on. Mm-hmm. He's trying to ask Misato questions. He doesn't recognize anyone. We also don't know what the heck is going on. Yeah. There's a new ship that everyone's looking really advanced. Yeah, right. <laughs> and and then you're getting frustrated for Shinji because no one's listening to him explaining anything. And as the what viewer, you know. Well, in this case, I, I, I think this the show in general. Ano has this incredible ability to. As we've already kind of mentioned in this thing, me several times at this point, but like he can just put you in the shoes of that character is now potentially the audience him waking up after 14 years well that's exactly what happened with this last rebuild i think it was a decade in between 3.0 into 3.0 plus 1.0 um and going back to you saying that it was in fact the highest rated of the rebuilds was this last one 
speaks volumes because to come after a decade, that's, that's asking a lot to get a good rating. That's a lot of anticipation. That is a lot of, uh, you know, pent up fans for something that they care so much about. Just wild to see that um, he was able to kind of take it home. I think this is something that for true fans and someone who really truly cares about another human on the planet that has brought something to them such as this, uh, you, you got to treat a show like this as a gift, right? You shouldn't be angry at this guy. Even if the something you love doesn't end the best, you get, Put it into perspective in most things, and especially with it to be video games and this new era of like, oh, uh, now that Twitter's allowed me to review whatever, everyone's a reviewer of everything at all times. It doesn't matter. If I went on the street and wore weird, wacky pants, someone might take a picture, put it on Twitter, and now I'm being reviewed. Everything is reviewing everything. In this case, it's take it for what it is. If you can't make an anime, don't really judge it too harsh. You can judge it from an entertainment factor. That's all we do around here. We're not like, critically going in and saying well this one sorry falls flat and actually no it's it's a gift we've been able to experience i'm very happy with it i almost feel a relief for ano and i can in a very empathetic way this was a big sigh for me now that it's done i know that this guy can relax um there's been times with halo something that i held near and dear way back in the day when the games kept coming, they were just getting worse and worse. I never hated on it. I was just like, well, these kind of are just not my thing anymore. And uh, we had a good run, but then you've got some people that end up hating certain things. And it's just like, it's just kind of crazy, the the treatment of certain things. Because what I was trying to get at, but I'm rambling all over the place, is that, um, you know, you, you in your lifetime will not even write one epic story. Most of us won't. Um, and if we will, it's just maybe like, you're not going to believe Ryan was fucking toasted last night at the bar. He did a backflip and it's like, mm, did he actually do back? You know, we get a little, uh, little storytelling in that way. But for this to have all come from his brain to take something as his little, uh, his little, I'm, I'm not doing this as a discount thing, but his, you know, four year depression stint to turn that around and turn it into a show that is now loved by so many people i mean the guy's doing work he's doing something that not many people have and now he's gotten into this soiree of directing some awesome shin i can only call them shin versions of some of the greatest japanese characters of all time we are gonna have to go on a shin dive to the shin dig here and check out shin godzilla from 2016 i didn't even know this happened but i did see that shin common rider the one that we want to watch is on amazon now so we're going to be watching that but i had no idea last year we got shin ultraman i want to hit these up i do want a lot of things <laughs> um and so we'll see if we ever get to it but you know always keep in mind when you're seeing someone deal with something obviously you know turn everything around and that certainly will help so those fans, not anyone listening, I think would be the psycho who goes on and sends death threats to someone. But can you believe that humans actually did that because a cartoon isn't how they liked it? Yeah. It's truly uh what a time to be alive and ugh, what a time to be alive. <laughs> you know? I know we I know we've said our fair share about anime that we do not dislike. Mm-hmm. But I'm not gonna ever <laughs> that's like I used to work at a family owned jeweler and we would send out mailers and stuff and people would call the store mm-hmm. asking for my manager to be like, how did you get my information? 
I've never shopped with you. Da, da, da. It's like, do you have a life? Usually when I get stuff, which is all the time in the mail, you know, because my information is public. I use a credit card. People can buy my information to send me stuff. I just mm-hmm. throw it out. You have way too much time on your hands. If you can write hate mail or call or graffiti or whatever, you need to get a life. <laughs> okay? Yeah. Like <sighs> to a certain point. But then I do also understand that it's so frustrating now. Like these people, they don't know that companies can buy their information, and just send them mailers for no reason. It's, it is crazy to think that a company can go sure. to another company and say, Hey, you got random folks for me. Here you go. I'm making money off of someone's yep. email address. It, they, I'm not, yeah, I'm not uh, discounting to your point. It's like, just, just hit us up and go, Hey, can I get off your mailing list? That'd be great. Okay, sweet. Awesome. You can be mad for sure. But like, are you, the person at the desk that you're actually getting on the phone with, do you think they did? It's like when people flip out at McDonald's, like, dude, the guy's just making the burger. <laughs> Granted, if he's putting like weird shit in your burger, then yeah, you can yell at that guy. <laughs> but the guy at the register's got nothing to do with it. You know what I mean? Yeah. Uh, yeah. Do you want to, do you want to talk about Evangelion and more like a, I, I think, I think we've said to Agnosium about uh, how hard it is to actually talk about it. Yeah. Let's, yeah, let's talk about it at a very base level. What we were digging. Well, I, I want to ask you. No. Because you asked me a question. Thanks for asking. No, of course. Yeah. What's up? <laughs> so, so which, which of the aliens, or I'm sorry, which of the angels you is your better favorite? never come out here and say aliens again <laughs> to my angels. Uh, I have always had, and it's actually pretty impressive because I didn't think the sound design on this show is killer. It's kind of when you see... You, there's some really innovative stuff going on with Evangelion because it's just stuff that you're like, wow. They certainly overdid the uh, cicadas. We know that. <laughs> Anytime I hear a cicada outside, I am essentially just yeah. thinking I'm in Evangelion. And then I run around trying to find a robot. No one's got a robot. Lame <laughs> times, you know what I mean? Uh, but no, they actually, uh, a big one that I talk about uh, with, with some of my buddies who also watch this is... The, um, what's the homie's name? Ramiel, I believe it's the geometric kind of, it's the one that ends up coming over the geo front with the drill that ends up going down into it. It's like the pyramid QB one. It's the QB one. Okay. So I loved it in the show and I was like, Ooh, that's cool. But then they really outdid themselves in the rebuild because it did honestly kind of look like a cock drill when it was coming out (laughs) in the show. Right. (laughs) Granted that type of imagery is what's used in the show or whatever, but it was in like when they came back with the rebuild and it was this thing that could now transform in certain ways. And this little screen, like this weird distorted yell that happens before shooting the beam goosebumps, man. When Shinji is shooting the cannon, there's times in this show that there's certain segments that whether you're understanding what's going on or not, you can just sit back and go, that is badass. The character design is fine enough, but the mech and the angel design off the charts, something that's just, uh, something that's clearly influenced other things. So obviously this is a pretty powerful thing, but, uh, that would have to be my favorite angel. Do you have one that you enjoy? Well, I was and it's an octahedron. Ah, an octahedron is what um, I was going to say. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, that one is my favorite. Mm-hmm. And I would say, cause this is the one where Shinji has to do the sniper, right? And Ray is the shield. Is the shield, yes. That one's pretty cool. And obviously the second, uh, coolest battle for me 
is obviously at the end of the second movie um, with the angel. Let me see if I can find it on this page. But it's sure, the, of course. It's the angel that Shinji is fighting. He fights a little later, but when he's going to save Rei, she's been absorbed. I think he's got the long arms and he's kind of just slashing. It's not showing me on this oh, one. Oh, with like the ribbon type. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. yeah so, I agree. So the one right before he initiates the third impact. But mm-hmm. um, that fight is really great because I love Misato, you know, telling Shinji, like, do this for yourself, like getting in the robot and whatever he's feeling he needs to do in the Ava. Um, and how it circles back in the last movie when she's having those flashbacks of yeah. she has to, the coldness that she feels for Shinji when he gets out of his coma state, I'm sure is a lot of guilt. Oh, absolutely. I told him to do this and then look what happened. <laughs> yeah, exactly <laughs> And right. uh, as we find out, you know, she had a child. And Was that Zaruel? Z-E-R-U-E-L? What? Want to look that up? Is that the angel you were talking about? Z-E-R-U-E-L. Um, yeah, no, th- there's so many moments that it's like, obviously, it's hard to, it's funny that this is able, even able to grasp at emotions at certain times. It's like, how do you even flip these scenarios? What would I be like if I was in a mech? It's like, if, you know, you don't really know, but. Yes, it was. That was the one. Okay, so the angels were all super unique in their own way. I loved Lilith mm. in general because it's a very very uncomfortable image for me. I don't even know what it is. That's the white one on the cross. That's the white one on the cross. Yes. Obviously as Christians, we see the cross and it's got certain feelings to it. Right. So it's already kind of poking at our hearts there. Yeah. But then to be this creature that's got like these things coming out the bottom and stuff, it's just very like, yeah. The like arm kind of weird tendrils It's beautifully designed. Yeah. Um, the mask with the seven eyes. Oh yeah. Like super cool. Then there was, uh, Sahaquel, which was kind of like the big, it's the one where they had to run and actually stop it and hold it up. And Shinji gets there and he's like holding it up. It's the big eyeball thing. And then they kill it. And then it like, Mm. it like lays down onto the ground and then explodes or whatever. But yeah, the use of blood in Evangelion is, I'm going to loosely say one of the, one of the finer points Mm -hmm. of the visuals, because just the way that it's, and I, I had a word and then I went back to. That's been happening today. It, yeah. Not, not good. It's okay. It's one of those um, days. It, yeah. I love the use of blood and the, the violence in the show is just done. And it's, when to pull the violence. Yeah. Because Rebuild, the last one that you're saying is like probably your favorite. Everyone talks about it. We go from one of the most action-packed intros. Like it's just into it. You're just going and it's very cool. But you also are like, what the hell is going on? There was, I think it was a trash taste, actually. Um, Joey, the anime man. He was, I think, saying, he's like, he's like, yeah, I saw a third one. I'll be fine. And then he went into it and Garn's like, oh, I had just watched it. And I went and he goes, doesn't matter. doesn't matter how prepared you are to go into the fourth. It's just going to kind of hit you. And so uh, that was great. But then, yeah, then we hit this lull of about an hour of just countryside hanging. It's that wolf children feeling. It's the slice of life pocket of you know uh, normalcy amidst the chaos because yeah the imagery of a red earth with the blood filling the oceans and just like it is just it's um it's that stuff it's like the galactic horror what is that Mm. called i just think of it as apocalyptic you know 
uh, Lovecraftian horror, cosmic horror. Sorry, that's what it is. So it's like the subgenre of horror, which emphasizes the unknowable or the Mm. incomprehensible. Mm. This is it. I mean, yeah, it's very Lovecraftian in that way. Um, yeah, it's it's really hard to put your finger on it. I'm sure there's so many eloquent people out there putting their hand on it, but I almost wouldn't even want to because I don't like even in the years upon years since high school watching these little uh, things kind of going through of this is how I felt on it. And this is how I felt on it. I love when it's structured in that way because they're not telling you how to feel, but like I I've not found one video that is like full on a hundred percent because there's so many weird little nuances that are just like, eh. cause yeah, there's some really deep meanings that I'm like, yeah, okay. Don't really care. It was just a robot or, you know, this, that, and the other. Um, oh yeah, yeah, yeah. There's, I was grabbing at straws for understanding on this last one. I would be the first to admit that when it then ended up kind of um, falling back and in the rebuilds version of the, because I think in the end of Evangelion, when it started to peel back that layer, you would see a, a theater set to kind of show Shinji's mental state at that point. This one went into it and there was an Ava fight where I'm like, why does this CGI look so shit? I even said to you, I'm like, yo, this movie's looked great all but what is up with this segment? And then it hits home. It's one of those, uh, there's a genre for it. The hero type show where they're in suits. What is mm-hmm. that? Tokusatsu, which is the, you know, like Godzilla type things where it's like sets made. And then they've got these men in suits doing it. It's mm-hmm. like what all those are. And it's got such a distinct look. Ultraman, all of those. It cuts to that. I'm like, why does this look so shit? And then, one of the Avas gets knocked over and the, the buildings are sliding like they're made of cardboard. And you're like, oh my gosh, that's actually really cool. And then it kept evolving. It kept evolving. Suddenly there's a character that's up in the rafters up by the lighting. And you're like, what is, what is going on? What is happening? But mm-hmm. I enjoyed every moment of it. Not in like a pretentious way, but just, yeah. I don't know what would have made me not happy in this sense. I think an ending in general that was a, a refresh of that. Because there's a lot of things that's been um, not necessarily hindered. It could have been an excuse, of course, but there was a lot of things during the original production that was Anno had said, like, you know, during the rebuilds, we got to redo this scene because technology wasn't able to show how I wanted to show it, Mm. how he can visualize any of this in general. And then like that, the ending sequence with Lilith with the 3D head wasn't too into that visual, but yeah, um, whatever. I was fine with it. It was what it was. Something very exciting for me. Obviously, I show it anytime I can. Uh, Evangelion for this last one. And I couldn't couldn't stop telling you this one. But the Japanese animation studio, Kara, who worked on this. um, Obviously, there's multiple studios and things like that. So maybe there was other things touched on. And I've said in the past that this fully went to Blender. I can't 100% guarantee that. But one of the major studios that was creating the shots for this said... So long, 3D's Max, which good riddance. No, I'm kidding. It's an all right program, uh, but it's just not free. That's the problem. So instead of that being their primary tool, they switched over to Blender. Um, yeah, it, it was just kind of a, someone on the team had said simply the project scale uh, got bigger than what was possible with 3D's Max, which is incredible to think that then they think that Blender can handle uh, more. But companies, smaller, mid-sized stick with 3D's max it can call it can cost higher management costs yada 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 so switching to the 30 uh the the free 3D program was uh beneficial obviously 
stoked on it. And it was actually uh, some good looking 3D in this when it wasn't obviously that scene <laughs> at the end. Which but. was done purposefully, but. Purposefully, yes. Uh, and, you know, when you go free, you can't go back. No, no that's <laughs> it. So, uh, yeah, so visually stunning. Looked good. Um, Does the ending when Shinji and, um, is it Gendo, right? Yeah. Um, have their... When they stop fighting and they're actually talking in the different scenes, does his backstory and then his realization and finally hugging Shinji, does does the best dad of anime get a... <laughs> does he get a pass now that there's... Does... Maybe not a pass. Does he get elevated a little bit from his, like, douchebag status? Absolutely. I think this kind of destroyed the meme. I was very happy uh, with this ending and that hug that you mentioned. Massive. I mean, that was... No one would have ever expected them to have an actual sit-down conversation. So to get that plus a hug, craziness. But no, I mean, they even kind of tore back the veil. And... You kind of can see where he was coming from. Not fully, but obviously people handle grief in different ways. But Gendo, I think, was absolved here. I think he's just a dude who thought one thing. He thought, well, the best way to deal with this is to ignore my son. Stupid reasoning from the outside, obviously. But, you know, the context in in which they kind of show it. It's not super, super... He's fully absolved, but no, there's an understanding now. And I think I was uh, fairly surprised with it, if not very surprised with it. Yeah, that was when I was touching on before on my favorite scenes from 3.0 plus 1.0 is the beginning, their little stint in the civilization. And then I, I liked when, while I couldn't follow everything, I loved, yes, hearing Gendo's backstory and yep. then the final hug and apology because he didn't just hug him. I think he actually said, I'm sorry. Cause he realized like I wanted it's Yui, right? Is the mom. Yeah. Like I wanted her all along and she like is in you basically. Yeah. Pretty on the nose. Obviously when you have a child, it is the mix of both you and your, <laughs> your yeah. love. So kind of makes sense there. Yeah. No, it was, uh, it was charming to say the least. I thought, if that's what it takes, you know, the end of the universe, well, ish, because we kind of also discover in this that it's very self-aware. And I think even kind of hearkening back to like rewatching of the show or a fan rewatching the show, the characters in said show now have to live it over and over and over. And the characters talking to each other. It was the the last angel. I forget what his actual name is in the show. Oh, What's um, his name? Kaoru? Kaoru. Saying like you know, we've met before, we'll meet again. I take that as blunt as possible. Like, yeah, we've broken this down to already talking about this is imaginary land. You can take realness from it and apply it to yourself as Shinji does from the imaginary land within this land. And he, they suggest with all these coffins, it was very cool visuals on the moon for that scene. Yeah, I just simply took that as, man, you can keep rewatching the show over and over and over. They're going to go through it. But the cool thing with this is now, canonically, you can watch the show, get that ending, watch the movie, get that ending, then do that. So that's you're putting the characters through it three times in three different things, but ultimately going back to a final absolved finishing 
that actually allows our characters to age. One of the things in this being kind of typical in anime, but I, you know, it was pretty interesting in this of like, yeah, if you pilot Neva, you are now like, it's, it's part of this curse that you're never going to age again, which makes sense. Yada, yada, Asuka, all of them, they've kind of been physically halted in time at their age of 14 or 15 or whatever it is. And finally in this, when we go back to the beach, Asuka is finally aged. She looks older, Shinji in his suit older. And this realistic human thing of, it it was kind of cool to all in one little package get uh, just the swap from adolescence in this weird state of mind to actually becoming an adult, handling things like an adult in a psychoanalytic way of like, okay, you can see the progression because Asuka can come to Shinji, simply say, yeah, I had a crush on you, but now I don't anymore. And it's like, yeah, that's kind of what adulthood is. You can look back on stupid little stuff that you did. And you're like, oh, that was kind of stupid or whatever. Shinji then returning that in multiple ways on the beach, telling Asuka, oh, yeah, I, I dug you as well, but kind of found a chick with big boobs. That's in this. Not, I'm not saying that. It's in this. Mm-hmm. And uh, our new character that was introduced is actually the final love interest for Shinji, which was pretty sweet. She is cute. She's very annoying throughout it. You hated her singing throughout the movie, which I could almost agree with, but I was like, eh, it's like her. She's this nagging weird character, you know? Yeah. Yeah. And the big one is obviously that moment in your life when you talk to your parents also as an adult. So him with Gendo and just kind of talking it out in a weird, I don't know. You can kind of think back to the first time you ever talked to your parents as people and not like your parent. Mm-hmm. That's kind of interesting to see that both taking that away. It was just a good ending all around for all the characters in it. Mm-hmm. Maybe not, uh, maybe not, uh, Misato, unfortunately. Yeah. Yeah. The old, uh, giving up thy life, but it was kind of cool. Her and Kaji having the kid in this one, like the rebuilds or whatever. Mm-hmm. But then the ultimate sacrifice is apparent. She's doing it for her son, which she seems to not have a relationship with him either. There's a lot of bad parent relationships throughout this whole thing, but. For her in her last moments to think about him. I mean, that's parenting right there. I mean, but I would say as a mom, she's doing the most sacrifice. She did the most sacrificial thing with giving him up to, you know, not have to live the struggles that she's living on this makeshift uh, Ava ship, whatever the hell that thing is. Which that thing, yeah, those, they were Ava's, I think, right? Yeah. Well, yeah. Unit one, it was like its core or something like that. Yeah, which there's this whole way to read into it, but eventually you can tell in that 14-year gap, they don't say it. This is a very much look into it and see, but you can see the design of the Avas going forward and the new ones that show up in this have angel cores in them. So in that 14 years, Nerve was able to take angel technology, which then harkens back to the dummy plug system. And one of the dummy plugs had Karu written on the side and he's an angel. So there's all these little things that you can kind of get into, which is cool. Not my cup of tea. I don't really want to go that deep in the weeds with it. Granted, I love it, but I'm a very, we'll get to about the clay uh, slash bedrock of it. But this thing, you need to go even past the bedrock to fully get into it. Mm-hmm. I wonder how many rewatches of Maybe not even the original, but even just the movies. No, I'm sure you have to watch everything to really get every piece of information to really put the puzzle together. But I wonder how many watches that is. Well, <laughs> like it's 
you yeah, know, it goes past this to the manga, things like that mm. goes into the video games. Cause they even sneak little thing and they'll have weird video games that are not just RPGs, but there's adventure game versions. There's a Mahjong and a card game version of things. Oh, um, which like, I guess some games then also spawned visual novels, which then led to some manga, which were more romance and comedy centric, Angelic Days and uh, Shinji Akari Raising Project. There's been so many weird little one-off things. And yeah, they just must all culminate in a full idea of it. I, It's a lot. Actually, one of my good buddies, Joe, shout out Joe. He got me one of the best. I Personally, I think it is my favorite Evangelion figure. I've ever seen. I know I'm heavily biased because I own it. It's whatever, but it's a Revil Tech, which is some really cool. They do a lot of cool mech uh, type figures, and they've just got these really snappy joints. You can pose them very cool or whatever. He got me a version of uh, Unit One Shinji's, but it's in some armor that was only seen in a particular thing. Of some, it was like it appeared once. I'm like, man, I want to hunt that down. Never did. Maybe never will because I get I like looking at it, but it's just a lot. It's just it's a good amount. And something speaking of, you know, merch and figures and stuff. Yeah. After watching especially this last one, we were like, man, when are they going to start making build kits of some of the, the final Ava's. one, Gendo's 13 with the four arms. Yeah, and the two spears. That would be, it, maybe it's already floating around. No, you would know. You're, well, you're pretty. I'm not, no, I'm not, I'm not that versed in it. That mm. might be a thing. Yeah. That would be, but even like there was near the end of the movie, and maybe it was the 13th Gundam. One of the Gundams goes totally white, and it's got those huge yeah. wings. Now that Sick. would be a because of the wingspan, that would be a huge build, but that would be dope. I imagine in my, my office downstairs in that nook, imagine just one uh, little, what do you call that, stand that's put to the thing, a little Ava unit I paint white, and then I make massive wings that take up the whole wall. It's just <laughs> one figure takes up the whole wall. That'd be kind of sick. There was actually, and your brother had been telling me about this, but there was a, and I don't know how much this adds, to canon it probably maybe even isn't canon but there was a a manga that went by neon genesis evangelion campus apocalypse hmm. so shinji attends nerve foundation academy and lives a relatively boring peaceful life and it's essentially it's kind of when attack on titan did the oh the titans are the guys that are bullies and they eat their lunches instead yeah yeah this one uh, you know, Kaoru's a transfer student who comes in and when Shinji tries to discover the truth behind Ray's relationship with Kaoru, he finds himself recruited to assist in Asuka, Langley, Soryu fight against angels being those who destroy humanity by attending, uh, by obtaining cores, one of which is the gem found by Shinji at a certain point. And he receives an Ava, which is the manifestation of an Ava as I think weapons in there. Hmm. A very, very weird thing when I was looking at it, but it was kind of like, that's kind of an interesting, I think it's a cheap spin on things, but I think it's kind of interesting. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I'd like to, I know they do Evangelion omnibuses and you know that if there's one way to get me into reading manga, it's them bad boys. So I might eventually own this one to 
hopefully get a little bit, couple more nuggets, but not as much effort as, you know, going through and doing all this crap. So I wonder how many omnibus is those are. <laughs> omnibus is, <laughs> that's a great question. Evangelion manga. How many, how many uh, volumes do you think they got in general? 14. That's it for the volumes. Oh. So that wouldn't be too bad. Yeah, there's the Neon Genesis Evangelion 3-in-1 edition, volume one, otherwise known as Omnibus, uh, 20 bucks. And so, yeah, there's four of those, four times three, 12. So wait a second, wait a tick. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I'm not sure. Yeah, because my finite mind, you know, this, I'm assuming everything that Anno has in you know, envisioned and put to screen is not written down yeah. in manga. So you're not going to get this complete story that's told in the movies in manga form. I'm assuming. The rebuilds put a new ending to it. So no, I don't think you'll get the same. Okay. This, it's been an entire evolution, this story. <laughs> it's taken a while. It's been finessed. And it's now finally what it is uh, that we've received. Love it or hate it, it's here. It's one of the ways to enjoy Evangelion. While it's not a big, huge departure, I think it's a big enough departure and a nice, conclusive ending that made me smile. I was very happy. Closed the book on it. I don't want it overdone like many other things in this world. It's what we complain about most around here. Uh, so very happy with it. Mm-hmm. Very, very happy with it. And I'd be eager to hear what you guys say in the Discord if you've, in fact, watched these uh, and all that good stuff. Yeah. But I think that's it. I know we didn't really breach too much, but what are you going to do with this show? You know what I mean? Yeah. You got to take what you get and make your own, I guess, representations of how, what I, and that's what I love. Like, I, I think a lot of things, and I'm sure even Anno, you know, writing it, he has a certain viewpoint in mind that he's trying to get across, but, yeah. um, and that's nice to know, like, what does the person mean when they make said art? But I also like, and I'm trying to make my own brain wrap around the idea of like, you Mm -hmm. just have to, you just have to take it at however you think it's supposed to be. It's like a muscle to get analytical on film and things like that. Sometimes you need to like practice and start getting into that realm. But then once you do, it can kind of kill the enjoyability on some movies. I remember in college, I was really getting into VFX and that's all I would really look at when I was watching certain movies. And I'm like, man, it's kind of killing the actual watching of the story. It's still enjoyable for a different reason, but uh, something funny about that in art school is pretentious. There's a fine line between it being like a cool open-ended thing for people to interpret and it being just pretentious nonsense. Uh, an old coworker of mine was in uh, film school a pretty, pretty higher end one around these parts. And, um, I remember he said he did a short film and when you're filming these things, a lot of times in college, it's not, it's so funny. College is such a waste of time in the way of, I knew I wanted to do something, but I would go there, do it while I was at school, but I would never put in that extra effort. I did a little bit, like I did some 48 hour film festivals and things like that. I definitely went above and beyond, but what I should have, if it was like a, this is my life thing. It's funny that you go to college, you go to you're like, homework, eh, I'll do it later. I want to play video games. Video games, man, I love them to death, but they're truly awful. Like, if I spent as much time just really refining my craft, I'd probably be even farther along. Not that I regret anything. It is what it is. And certain games helped me with certain stories. But again, as we like to say, get to it, Tom, you got it. Uh, my old coworker, he was filming a segment. And when you're on these sets, it's like, yeah, I'm just 
you're not putting 110%. You're not putting thought behind everything, but he just did a camera pan from one room through one room to the entryway. It was just how the house was built. The room in between the rooms that he needed the guy to be in was empty because just that's the way it worked out. Someone was moved. I don't know what the full story was there, but he just, yeah, he panned through, got him to the door and all that good stuff. A guy, I guess, came up to uh, my old coworker and just uh, said, I really love what you did there with the empty room. It's like, excuse me? You know, just showing the emptiness and just that transition through that, showing the development of the character or whatever. Yeah, he was like, I don't know what the hell you're talking about. <laughs> I got no idea. So it is very funny because I think letting it go and letting the interpretation happen and it'll actually culminating in something that's maybe greater because multiple minds are working towards one thing. I don't know. And then sometimes just like, it's not that serious, brother. That's where I'm at with Evangelion. I know it can get serious. It can get real serious. But it's not that serious for me. Mm-hmm. I just I just love uh, what I feel when I'm looking at it. Yeah. You know? Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. Although the two biggest mysteries that I don't know if I'll ever, unless I do some real internet digging. Sure. Is what the hell is Sella? Never really understand at all what that is. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah. The tablet folks with Gendo and all that good stuff. They actually have the logo with the seven eyes and the. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, German for soul. It's a mysterious organization with influence over world governments and organizations in this franchise. So it's the, uh, the world government, the, uh, elusive stupid ass idea of just allowing a group of super wealthy, rich people who don't understand anything about anything to make the rules for everything on the planet. Mm. Um, that's kind of their version. It's very on the nose, very symbolic of most governments and kind of with Shinji being a recluse, this is that you know, the whole theme of looking outside of yourself and going out and experiencing the world when he does go out and experience this world, there is this now, Oh, look, something that all these people get to make decisions and all of us just have to go with it. And there's no way of like, it's just kind of, yeah, this, this entity that is pulling the strings while Shinji just has to kind of get in a robot and do what he's got to do. So, yeah. So, I mean, still confusing in the context of it all, but they're the ones going for the human instrumentality product project. Mm -hmm. So. Yeah. Or that's their goal or whatever. Yeah. And the second thing that they kind of touched on in Gendo's imaginings when he's talking to Shinji is we see what looks like Mari, the uh, the pink pilot. Yeah, that was interesting. And I don't, they don't touch on it really at all. So maybe she was around back then. And the reason why she doesn't age, obviously, is because she, maybe she was dealing with the Ava's way back then. So she's been, and that would actually lead to understanding why she knows all those backdoor codes to like how the Ava's work and stuff. Mm. If Yui was, knew a little bit about. Yeah, I know that she was obviously our way of getting a glasses girl in this anime because we were severely (laughs) lacking like a proper glasses girl. Yeah. But no, I guess it was actually um, FLCL's writer had something to do with the creation of this character, which is like, oh, that kind of makes sense. He can write, tracks, kinda, yeah. you know, these psychopaths or whatever. <laughs> uh, but yeah, no, I mean, she's like wacky, kind of crazy, but there's a point in this, and I agree with you, where, <clears throat> excuse me, where she's she's talking to the one butler dude, uh, Gendo's little assistant, mm-hmm. and then like she says her name, and yeah. I was like, I think I missed something there. 
Yeah. And that's something I would love to actually look up because. Yeah. Just, just something that, you know. Yeah. Um, yeah. And I wouldn't say, I wouldn't say she's psycho as much as unhinged. I think there's a difference. Yeah. She's more like, I would say unhinged. She's, while I didn't enjoy her the most, I did like how she brought herself and the Ava to its absolute limit. Oh yeah. She had some tricks up her sleeve. She was willing to give it all. I mean that she was, she was like Asuka on sicko mode. Mm -hmm. Like she was willing to do whatever she that cool fusion with an angel thing that was starting to happen. It would kind of ended up being like the Digivolve of Evangelion <laughs> or whatever. And yeah, I, all I can see from a quick Google, cause I don't want to spend too much time on it, obviously is towards the end, Fuyutsuki, who is the, yeah, the home, guy, the guy who uh, helps Gendo, which mm -hmm. I was like, Oh, another Fuyutsuki. Wow. We love that. Referred to her as Maria Iscariot. Which she replies, oh, I haven't heard that name in a while. Well, even this article, and this one was on uh, GameRant.com, they were like, the significance of that name is unclear, whether it's more religious undertones, whether it implies that Mari is something more than human, or if it's a pun based on her betrayal of Gendo. Like a lot of Evangelion, there are numerous ways to look at it, which is like, yeah, I think everyone wants to kind of almost tilt into that where it's like i don't know even galian shit what else you want you know what i mean so yeah that's pretty cool but mm. yeah good stuff I'm, I'm glad we finally went through these rebuilds i've been wanting to watch it for ages yeah and i unfortunately made you watch the first two mm, three times and it's just cementing how narcoleptic i get while we're watching this stuff oh yeah yeah you could not stay awake i couldn't i don't know what it was it's craziness yeah uh, we've held you guys for quite some time now, so we're going to let you go. We do appreciate you making it to this point. My gosh, actually, if you've made it to this point, you got to be a great friend of the show. It's obvious. Or right? really love Evangelion. Or love Evangelion, <laughs> or you're so mad you're sticking it out to see if we actually come back <laughs> and have any proper thoughts. And I'm sorry that you've made it to here and we don't. Now, also something to mention, and I do want to mention this to only the folks that would make it this far into the episode, we have, and you might see this change happen. I don't know when it's going to take effect, but we have, in fact, uh, kind of activated a little bit of monetization, not like we're trying to make money, but we've been really wanting to get the website back up and running. So we're just doing a little test trial of what if we put a pre-roll and a post-roll ad? So if you guys can listen, you know, I don't know if how it works with these, if it's just the fact that it's on the pod helps or whatever, you don't have to sit there and listen. I'm not going to tell you that, but expect to hear ads at the beginning and end. Now, if that does in fact bother you to no end, let us know in the discord. If enough of you guys tell us that, I mean, Obviously, we'll take it down, but at some point, we need to try and get something to help us at least like pay for the website or do something so we can just kind of roll it, continue rolling it back into the podcast. That's kind of our little uh, internal meeting with all of you, our ambassadors uh, of, of Weebdom. But and we're also going to maybe try and think up some merch if you guys yes, want some merch. Would love to do that. I'm trying to get the I'm trying to dust off the screen printer around here. We want to hit all price points. Obviously, we talked about doing it on the website and selling certain things, but now it's kind of like a, well, we'd love to actually like take that on ourselves. So when you get a shirt from us, we've made it right. Mm -hmm. Even, even if it comes down to, and we'll see what's, what people would even want to get, but we have all the tools at our, our, uh, what is the statement? Disposal. At our disposal. Jeez. Thank you. <laughs> Getting tired. Uh, that we would even do some higher end, like embroidered, just nice, clean stuff that maybe, 
can be worn in more occasions than one that says something like filthy weeb on it or something like that. You know what I mean? <laughs> so, um, yeah, obviously please have some patience with us. We're trying our best on the schedule we have and we do appreciate the, all the support that we're given. And, uh, yeah, it's crazy. Even just looking back, there's days me and Danielle look and we're like, yeah, we just did the fire force episode. Not that long ago. It's like, that's episode 80. We're on 178 right now. <laughs> it's really escalated. And we, we, we do it cause we have fun with it, but we also just kind of love the people we've met. So we really appreciate that. A lot of the people we've met, I gotta say, and including everyone who's made it to this point, massive fan of you. And I hope that you're somewhat a fan of us. Hopefully this garble made some sense. We had a great joy watching all this and all that good stuff. So let me uh, stop Midwesting this. Danielle, would you love to send them out, please? Bye, guys.